0: You're tuning in to the Welcome to Motherhood podcast, the series that helps to make motherhood easier one podcast at a time. I'm your host, Natasha Suttle, mum of four, midwife, educator, terrible housewife, and huge advocate for ditching the mum guilt. Find advice for all your motherhood questions from birth onwards. So here we go, let's get into it. Today we are talking q and A. I I put a call out on my social media a few weeks ago now to ask people if they had any questions that they wanted answered, and I said I would pick five that came up um, quite often and I knew that were really relevant to answer as well, and I had so, so many private messages. It was super, super hard to choose what ones I was going to go for, but I managed to narrow it down to five. I'm actually going to do this every month, so if you're listening here and you've got a question that you really want answered, a burning question that you think, I don't want to Google it, I don't want to just put it out there in the outside Facebook world, I want to message someone and get them answered directly, flick it through to me. First question I'm going to hit you with today is a lovely lady called Lucy from Boston, America, sent me through a message and her wording, which I'll read word for word because a lot of you are going to nod along and totally agree, was why did no one tell me how hard it would be? motherhood's hard I read this and I was just like Lucy you are speaking the words of everyone out there motherhood is so hard it challenges you in ways that you've never been challenged before you can't prepare yourself for that and sometimes you think everyone else has got it together and you think why am I finding it this hard because no one else seems to be struggling so much a lot of it is because a lot of people are afraid to admit it and on the outside they, they pull it together and make you think they've got it together which again, doesn't help you and you know, their friends around them because they don't realize that everyone's going through the same struggles. Basically, my advice for this is just take everything day by day. One day is going to be crap. Just think, you know what? The next day might be better. And you wake up and you start your day and you think it'll be a better day. And just take everything day by day. The first six weeks with your baby will definitely be the hardest. And I tell all the women I look after this, the first six weeks are going to be super hard. But after that, it will start to get easier. Between six and 12 weeks, it's still hard, but it gets easier because you begin to become more confident and comfortable with your baby and what your baby needs and what you can provide. And then after six weeks, your baby themselves are generally more settled and generally in a bit more of a routine where you know what's going on and life becomes a little bit easier. But definitely after six weeks, it will start to get easier. I always say to people, if you can battle through a really tough six weeks, you will start to feel a bit of the let off come and you'll feel a bit easier after that. Six weeks does feel like a really long time though when you're in the middle of feeling awful. Again, as Lucy's question says, why did no one tell me how hard it would be? Again, that comes down to people not wanting to put their hand up and say, I'm really struggling with this. Some will. You'll have friends that you know exactly how hard it is, exactly how hard their journey is. And you'll have other friends that you'd have no idea because on the outside, everything is together, everything is perfect, but you don't know what's going on inside their house and what's going on inside their own minds and their own motherhood story. Everyone's journey is different, but it's definitely hard and it's definitely a juggle for everyone. So biggest tip for that is, like I said before, take it day by day. One really crappy day, write it off. Wake up the next day, think, I'm going to do one thing today that makes today better than yesterday. And you will get through. Aim for past the first six weeks. Second question that actually came up a couple of times. Angie from London actually said to me, what baby products should I actually use on my newborn baby? This is something that in media, there's marketing, there's advertising, there's baby products left, right and center. You Google baby products and you'll find a huge amount of of items recommended to you. I always say minimal. This baby has been inside you, it's been living in fluid inside your belly, it's been protected. You're gonna ex- we're exposing it to the world and everything's foreign in the world. Every kind of exposure in the world is new and their little delicate skin is so, so, so sensitive. That's why I always recommend, as I mentioned in an earlier podcast, not washing off that vernix straight away after birth and letting it really sink in and moisturize their skin. Minimal products if you have a baby with dry skin, sometimes babies who are overdue might get a bit dry skin or you know, flaky skin. Some even are so overdue. My first daughter looks like a snake getting her shedding her skin for the first few weeks. All I would do with that is recommend putting a couple of drops of like an oil in the bath water. It sounds silly, but I always describe it to people as how it softens the water. And if you put some in the water, you'll know what I mean. It just makes the water feel a little bit more gentle. So a couple of drops of oil. And when I say oil, some people will use an almond oil. Some people use a sunflower oil. might be an apricot oil, a coconut oil. Just a couple of drops of an oil in the normal water will help with their skin. Also making your own baby wipes is a really, really good idea. Baby wipes are full of basically chemicals and things that really you don't want to put on your new baby's fresh, delicate skin. So make your own baby wipes. There's videos out there. If you search on YouTube, you can look for videos. I made mine a recommendation. A really good friend of mine had an awesome YouTube video out there with how to make baby wipes. And that baby wipe um, recipe was basically good quality paper towels, some boiling water and some product, Some like a natural body wash product, a really small amount. And keeping it in a container and using those, and they worked an absolute, absolute charm. So, yeah, that, that is definitely what I would recommend, wipe wise. But you can also have cloth ones. If you've got cloth wipes already, you can have those in some boiling water, a little bit of a natural body wash, keep them in a container and use those and just wash them each time. Nappy creams, there's heap nowadays we're in the day and age of heaps and heaps and heaps of natural options. So, if you need a nappy cream or a barrier cream, Or even if you do get to a point where you want to put a moisturizer on your baby, and I know there's people out there that want their baby to smell nice and have a baby moisturizer, I know. If you do, just look and really do your research and get one that's actually a natural cream. Don't be fooled either by sometimes brands are very sneaky and they might put the word organic or natural or safer in their actual brand name. But if you actually look at their ingredients, they do have chemical additives. So just make sure you're getting a well-known, a good brand that is natural. Third question. This came from Marina in Perth, and this is something that I know I've struggled with. I know a lot of you are going to also be resonating with this. This question was, I feel so guilty, my house is a mess, and it's all overwhelming. I have no time. And that's actually word for word. And I think there's a lot of you. I actually had very, very similar questions, but just the way Marina worded it was what stood out for me the most. One thing at a time. And my biggest tip for that, and I, I've done it myself when I felt completely overwhelmed and I've had so many things to do. I mean, especially when I've got, you know, I've got four kids now. So with the first one, it was a little bit, my house was a bit um, tidier because the only mess was being made by me because I had a baby. But once you've had a couple of kids too, it's really overwhelming and the house gets messy really, really, really fast. One thing at a time. If you are overwhelmed, if you are sleep deprived, if you are feeling emotional and everything that comes with being a new mum, just pick one job at a time. So today it might be getting all the washing up to date or getting some of the washing up to date. Tomorrow might be vacuuming. The day after might be wiping the kitchen benches. You know, the day after that, once you've bathed your baby, you might decide to clean the bath. Just stick with one thing at a time. Again, if you can, if my biggest advice would really be don't do any of it, <laughs> get your partner or someone else or, you know, get someone else who offers to help to do that for you. But if it is you, and reality is a lot of you out there will will be the one that needs to do it, or you might be on your own. Just do one thing at a time. It just breaks it down into a bit more manageable and a bit less overwhelming. Asking for help is a big one, and it's a whole nother topic in itself. I do have an episode coming up in the future about being able to ask for help and being able to accept help. You need to ask for help when you have people that you trust around you that will help, ask for help. If you have people that offer help, accept the help even if you don't want to accept the help and you don't think you need the help just say yes if someone offers to come over and make you dinner say yes even if you've made dinner and you think you won't need it say yes if someone offers to come and hang out your washing say yes let people help you it just makes it a lot easier on yourself as you get through those early days if your partner is you have a partner and partners around Let them do their share as well. Even if they're working, they can do. Even the one thing a day, even if they do one thing a day, it just makes life a lot easier. It is very overwhelming. And your priority in those early days is to feed your baby, is to rest, and is to do the same again, on repeat, every day. And that is normal. It doesn't always stay like that. It feels like forever when you're living amongst it and you're sleep deprived and you know, you just feel like you sit on the couch and feed all day. But do know that it isn't forever. So how messy that house feels right now and how overwhelmed you feel right now and how you feel you have no time right now. Fast forward six months, you'll have a baby probably sitting on a playmate on a floor playing with a toy and you'll actually be able to sit there and have that cup of tea that's not cold and actually have some quiet time to actually just watch your baby and maybe even watch TV and actually get up and do the dishes without it being an issue Time will come, but for right now, just try and do one thing at a time. That's my biggest advice that I know that definitely helped me. The next question, we have lovely Priya from London said, what can help my cracked nipples? And this is something that most of you will face. Unfortunately, it's really painful. It's really uncomfortable to feed often as well. My advice is always breast milk. If you are breastfeeding your baby and you've got the cracked nipples, after you finish feeding, express out a little bit of breast milk, especially colostrum in those early days, it is a godsend. It's magic. Anyway, express out a little bit of colostrum or breast milk and you rub it into your nipples and leave it on the nipples. The trick is where people fall over, so please listen to this part. You need to let, let it to dry on there. So you don't put your top back on or don't put your bra back on. You literally need to sit there with those nipples out with that breast milk drying in order for it to actually soak in and actually get onto your nipples and how it start to work. Do that after each feed, even do it in between feeds. If you can express out a little bit, you will find that will be your biggest, biggest, biggest saviour with helping with cracked nipples. There are creams as well, like lanolin based creams that work really well. I know that's probably the cream of choice with most people that I look after and with most midwives as well that I work with, with regards to what's going to work well. Often, even if you put some breast milk out and then put the lanolin on, it just will mean it just helps it heal quicker. Because they've got a bit of um, popularity at the moment, I will mention it too. There are some like hydrogel, so like some wet-based gel-style discs that you can actually put over your nipples in between feeds, which can go in your bra. And people do, a lot of people swear by how good they are and how hydrating they are and how they, you know, are working well for healing their nipples. I will just put it out there that they are something that they are... People have good results with them, but there is a little bit of a question around with regards to, because they're like a moist, wet environment, if you leave them on too long or use them too often, could you be breeding some more, you know, give yourself more of an infection or make a bit of a breeding ground for a few bugs. So just be careful with those. They can they can work wonders, but my advice for those would be to wear them not all the time, sometimes when you need them, but just not all the time and not for too long as well. So that's the biggest tips for crack nipples. But again, the breast milk, if you're breastfeeding, that's going to be your biggest kicker to help with the crack nipples. And of course, making sure the latch is right because that's what causes it in the first place. And that's on some other episodes. And I've got another breastfeeding episode coming up in about three episodes too. So stay tuned for more in-depth breastfeeding help for when things are going wrong. The fifth question I'm going to go with from Mia from Brisbane. She asked me, how do I involve my older child and baby sibling? This is something that I definitely found myself looking up a lot, asking questions about a lot when I was to have my second daughter. And I found what worked for me, and I'll just speak to what worked for me and what I've also recommended to others that's also worked for them, is give your older children jobs. And when I say jobs, I mean, my first and second, there was a two-year age gap. So I had a two-year-old and I gave her jobs, little simple things like Hey, honey, can you pass me the wipes? We're going to change your sister's nappy. Even sometimes I could reach the wipes, but I would ask her to do it. Hey, can you pass me a nappy? Oh, she really likes that toy. Can you pass it to her? Just really include them in jobs that make them feel a bit responsible and a bit grown up. Praising them, praising them when they're helping, praising them when they're playing quietly and how nice it is because the baby's, you know, sleeping and you're playing so well. Just really make sure that they're, and they feel important and they feel really a part of the journey. One trick that I probably think worked the best for me, to be honest, and I have told a lot of people about this, I used to talk to my baby about their sibling or siblings when I had a few children, and just say little things like, oh, your big sister's doing so well with her reading, or your big sister's such a good tidy, she tidied the whole lounge, and oh, you're so lucky your big sister's such a good helper, you know, you're going to love playing with her. Always, obviously, with the siblings around in earshot, an and her face would just beam I then, the time I knew it really worked was I heard her telling one of her little friends at a play date how proud I was of her and how I kept telling her little baby sister about it. She was over the moon. And I've done that with all my children. And safe to say, they all get along pretty well. So, but that's one thing that I think is a little trick. If you can do that in front of your other sibling, you will find that makes things a little bit easier too. Another trick is try and get some one-on-one time with your other children it's really hard it might be as simple as watching a tv program when the baby's asleep or get shooting up the road to a park for half an hour or taking them for a little hot chocolate somewhere just little things little grasps of time where it can just be the two of you again or you know just you and the older siblings and not the baby just so they know that yep life is now consumed by having a new baby and that's okay that's temporary but you can still snatch little bits of time to actually get out with them and do something with them it definitely helps keep things a little bit normal that is the five questions that i picked out of probably about 35 questions that got messaged to me this time around i will do this every month so if you have any questions or anything you want to ask that you want to put forward and put forward for me to answer on this next one next month there'll be a february version of the q a and we will go through those so i hope these helped and you got a little bit of insight into some questions others are also asking Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Welcome to Motherhood podcast. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when each new episode hits the airwaves. I hope you enjoyed it and can walk away with a few key take-home messages to help you make your motherhood journey that little bit easier. See you next time.